Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Friday, November 19th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We're talking Sporting Kansas City, and the playoff quest begins on Saturday at 4 p.m. Children's Mercy Park against the Vancouver Whitecaps. I told our soccer writer, Sean Goodwin, I'm a bit concerned about this game. Vancouver is a hot team with a terrific goalkeeper. Sean reminded me that Sporting has been a great team all season with an excellent goalkeeper of its own. We break down the matchup and give our predictions at the end. Let's get started. Sean Goodwin covers soccer for the Kansas City Star. And it is a big weekend for Sporting Kansas City as they open play in the MLS playoffs. And Sean, I'm a little worried about this one. Mm. I look at uh, the Vancouver Whitecaps as a team that beat Sporting Kansas City the last time they played. And their goalkeeper is pretty darn good. Maxime Kropow, he is. He's he's currently top of the um, CONCACAF World Cup qualifying um, group as well with Canada. So... I'm sure many people listening to this would like to hear that. But um, yeah, before we get into sporting in Vancouver, just six fun to see such a competitive fight at the top between Canada, the US, and Mexico, who's kind of loosening a grip on CONCACAF qualifying in the last year or two. So yeah, congrats to Canada for eight games in. And Maxime Propos, who's, yeah, the uh, goalkeeper for Vancouver. Was he in goal against Mexico uh, this week? I assume so. I actually, I was watching the St. Louis Blues last night. Uh, <laughs> um, so I didn't, I didn't see, but I can tell you right now. Um, he was while, not. While you're looking at that, it was 16 degrees in Edmonton uh, when that game kicked off, which is why, that's why that game was played at night. You know, make, Canada made sure it could be as uncomfortable as possible for the visitors. Yes. Yeah, and to answer your question, it was actually Milan Borjan, who okay. plays for Red Star Belgrade out in Bulgaria. Right. So, still, anyway, still yeah. a formidable uh, challenge for Sporting Kansas City. The number three seed in the playoffs versus the number six. And I, I know we, we talked about it last time, Sean, but Kansas, uh, the Sporting Kansas City missed an opportunity to be in a better position in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, obviously it all revolves around losing the last three games, the whole penalty incident at the end of the final game of the season of Salt Lake. Um, uh, I remember joking, oh man, it must have been five or six weeks ago at this point, you know, sporting a guitar. It's like it was going to Seattle for the one seed. Vancouver was surging, but I didn't think Vancouver was even in a playoff spot. Yeah. And I half joked, I was like, man, Kansas City is going to somehow mess up and end up playing Vancouver in the first round because, yeah, you know, a, a lot of the times it's the one, two, three, four seeds. So, you know, they should have the advantage, be the better team. And on paper, you know, I think Sporting are the better team, but Vancouver is one of those rare teams right now where they're massive seed and they had a terrible start, you know, the red hot, and you don't want to bet against the streak, right? And that's, that's the biggest rule. Yeah. So it's a dangerous, dangerous game um, for sports in KC. And I was laughing to myself. I'm actually, I'm going to be on the uh, Vancouver 
uh, Vancouver Whitecaps radio broadcast before the game, just for five, 10 minutes. And I'm sure, you know, they got a lot of people come on from other teams and, you know, they're respectful to Vancouver, but at the same time, you know, they're probably talking a bit more about their own team and how their own team back in cover has a good chance. But honestly, going into that, you know, a little five to 10 minute segment, of course, Sporting KC is at home and has all the chance to win, but I'm going to be straight up and say, yeah, there's a lot of people in the city who are worrying about Vancouver and just how hot they are right now. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And listen, I'm, I'm a believer that that every team is different year to year, right? Makeup is different. Every Everything about chemistry is different. And yet I can't help but think about the early exits of sporting in the last, you know, the last year and as a as the number one seed, right? Um in, in the West. And uh, yeah, I is there a ghost here? Yeah, I mean I guess if you're saying that Blair and it, it's certainly true. I mean it was what we've had last year's semi-final access, yeah, didn't qualify the year before and twenty eighteen was obviously the the conference final. And then, yeah, prior to that, it was, um, I believe, looking back, it was four straight first round exits. Now, I look it up as I'm chatting, but again, um, when you have like, that many first round exits in a row, of course, it kind of sticks with the team and sticks with the management race. Um, so, you know, it, it's certainly, uh, yeah, four straight from 2014 to 2017. Right, they they win so. they, they win the round in 2018, but then lose the real heartbreaker that year to Portland, right? Uh, in the final, that's the game where Patrick Mahomes and Chiefs showed up, and place was incredibly, uh, at, you know, just on fire, and they had a two to one lead, I remember, and ended up losing that game three to two. So, um, it is uh, uh, there are some ghosts out there, and. But but this team, look, this team is, except for maybe a little bit of slumping at the end of the season, the Royals did that in 2015. Come on. Um, mm. There can, you know, there, there are reasons to feel good about this sporting team. And, you know, a couple of players that you wrote about this week are reasons to feel yeah. that way. Let, let's start with Fontas. We, we haven't talked much about him this year. And uh, that is, that's my fault. For, for not bringing it up, but you, you've, you've got a nice story about him uh, that's posted on KansasCity.com that we'll link in the show notes. But let's talk about his season, Sean. What, what has he brought to sporting? Yeah, um, you know, Fontas, he hasn't been talked about enough, and that's just not us, that's everyone. It's, you know, Mizu as a whole. And he's had, in my opinion, on a, for a centre-back, one of the best seasons in my recent memory, for a, a ball-playing centre-back, uh, just because, you know, not only has he played, what, 33 or 34 games this year, sporting conceded 40 goals, which is eighth best in the league, so, you know, top 10. Um, but even outside of those defensive stats, Fontas, he is, he led the league, and not only led the league, but set MLS records uh, for touches, passes, and successful passes. That's across all positions, um, and he that's said, amazing. "That's amazing." Yeah, like, especially for a centre back, right? You know, obviously some of those like passes and whatnot, maybe a centre back because they're playing for fields, but you're expecting more than midfield players, whether it's the six or the ten or even you know a, a, the eight, even I guess the guys with the ball like their feet and playing and you 
players, those are the guys you expect to pick up more of the touches and the passes and whatnot. Uh, but now it's fantastic. And it's a credit to, you know, how he was brought up. And I touched about that in the story too. Obviously, this is a guy who, um, born in Catalonia, uh, grew up watching Spain, idolising um, Barcelona. And idolising those Barcelona teams. And eventually, you know, he's in the same class out of um, Barcelona's uh, academy with Messi and Iniesta and Xavi and, you know, all these great players. So, you know, he's he's brought that play style to Kansas City, had a couple of tough years of injury, and now he's finally passed the injury and he looks right back to his best self, which is honestly a, a player who should have been in Defender of the Year conversations and a finalist and in the MLS team of the year, and he's got none of that. He didn't even get comeback player of the year. Well, he's not even a finalist for that. Daniel is, which we can talk about that as well if you want. But yeah, we will. Um, Absolutely. Great, great year for Fontas, but um, maybe not a recognition that he deserves. But you know, I think the fans recognise it. Peter recognises the players, realise it. So at least he, at least can go here. Well, when I hear I hear another guest uh, has joined yes. the show. He wants to leave. So <laughs> you, you you speak some words, Blair, and then let him out. What's his name? Bandit. You'll have to repeat that because you froze when you said that as you moved away. So, uh, yeah, while Sean is disposing, that's probably too harsh a word, relocating. I, I just opened the door for him and he ran away back into my room. So I don't really know what he wants. All right. So, what's his but, name again? Because you froze uh, when you left. Uh, Bandit. Bandit. All right. Bandit. But at yeah. least your cat, your cat has a name. Mine is a nameless cat. A nameless cat. Yeah. Nameless uh, cat or... How long have you had this cat for? Oh, only eight years. Um, eight years. Yeah. So we're still still thinking about it. Um, it's okay. I sometimes I just call my girlfriend's girlfriend. I'm like, hello, girlfriend. So you know, it's <laughs> I got it. Right. We work at the generic here. Um, um, okay. So uh, yeah. Look, there there is a you know an MVP for the MLS finals. Maybe Fontas can um, can rise up and, and win that. But again, Daniel Shallowy is a finalist for MVP. How many finalists are there? How many were identified? Uh, for MVP, it's five. Um, every other every other award is three, but for MVP, it's five. Okay. And any other sporting players up for any of the other individual awards? Yeah, um, Daniel Shallowy is up for comeback play of the year. Um, which, which I know he when we chatted back in early October, and he says it a few times, and I agree with him. Uh, comeback player should be for a player coming back from, you know, injury or, you know, any other sort of personal, you know, basically basically not for a player who just had a bad season or two. Um, so, you know, New England's Carlos Gill, uh, he's, he was out for 16 games last year with an Achilles injury. He's up for comeback, fair enough. Uh, and then Chicharito, uh, Javier Hernandez, he just had a bad year last year. Uh, obviously, Daniel didn't play much last year, and both of those guys will come back. And you know, when you see guys like Fontas, uh, who's had such an incredible season coming off such a serious injury, I don't know how they're not in a conversation for comeback player of the year. Well, I, I'll say this: I disagree with Daniel. I, I think, I, I think comeback come- player of the year for it could be for someone who missed most of the previous season with an injury, but I also think it absolutely can be 
um, awarded to someone who had a down season, made adjustments, made some changes, and came back in a big way. So uh, I think Daniel's wrong. I hope he wins the award. I think he has a better chance at that than MVP. I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think being wrong about that, especially, you know, if I think the MVP favorites is New England's Carlos Gill. Uh, so if he gets that, then I think Daniel should at least get come back over uh, Chicharito because he has a fine season with LAFC, but or LA Galaxy, sorry, but nothing overly special. Um, so you know, maybe Daniel could walk away with at least comeback play of the year, whether he's proud of it or not, remains to be seen. But the <laughs> <laughs> okay. was. Um, another player that you wrote about this week, and I'm glad that you did. Um, the the elder statesman of this team, Graham Zusi, is yeah. having a you know another somewhat under the radar terrific season. Everybody knows who he is. Yeah, um, and has had a wonderful career. It's just you know I so admire players who are at the, the stage of the career that, that Zusi is still able to turn it on game after game, and it is. Uh, his his great play has not gone unnoticed by by sporting. Yeah, no, it, it hasn't. Well, even gone unnoticed by sporting. I mean, you know, obviously he's played so many games, and I, I think he's even flew under the radar of some sporting fans. To be honest, I think as I think as the season has gone along, more more people have realised, but especially earlier in the season, I can recall him catching some flack for his defensive side of the game, which. You know, even Alan Mick, as defensive side of the game, believes a little bit to be desired. As a 34-year-old wing-back, you know, he's coming off a serious injury. You know, he's lost some speed, lost some reaction time. Uh, and he has been caught with players behind him occasionally. But at the end of the day, this is a piece of a me sporting KC team uh, who attack. He wants his wing-backs to attack, um, get the ball in advanced positions and get it into dangerous positions. and. Who who better than Graham Zusi? Honestly, I mean he's leading a league. Well, he's leading um, outside backs in so many categories for you know forward passes in the, um, the middle third from his own third um, across field ball, switching the ball across the field. He just he's been so solid offensively. Um, like it's probably been his best year since twenty eighteen when obviously he was an all star and. Yeah, he has gone under the radar again. I, uh, extra time, which, you know, is a, a pretty big Twitter account, I guess, and, you know, we do other media stuff. And I saw those guys did four, they did like an MLS first team, second team, third team, and fourth team, because they just couldn't, they couldn't, uh, you know, they couldn't stop at one or two. <laughs> and they finally got Graham on the fourth team, um, which says everything, you know, like it says, it's defensive work as a defender, maybe like, left to be desired a little bit, but for what he's done offensively, I think he deserves to at least be second or third team this year. Okay, Sean, let's let's take a break here. And when we come back, I've got a couple other topics I wanted to talk to you about. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. All right, we're back with Sean Goodwin talking soccer. Big, big game for Sporting Kansas City on Saturday against the Vancouver Whitecaps in the MLS playoffs. Would, they're in the uh, – it's a 3-6 game. Who's in the 2-7 game? Who, who would the winner play? Um, that would be Seattle and Real Salt Lake. Okay. All right. So, they, you know, funny. They handled Seattle last time they played, lost to Real Salt Lake in, um, in Vancouver. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, obviously, you know, if Sport and KC do win, they'll either head, to, head on the road to Seattle where they've won twice this year, um, or they'll host Wales of Lake, who they just lost to at home. So it's, <laughs> if you want to be at home against the team you just lost to, or on the road to a team you beat twice, it's an interesting one. And if Sporting Kansas City is going to win um, Saturday or any of these games, Tim Milia is going to need to come up big, and he has all season. Said so, you know, you don't win as many games, have as successful a season as Sporting has had without the play of, of goalkeeper Tim Melia. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. I saw the tweet that you had, Sean, that you had retweeted from, from someone else that ranked the goalkeepers. Melia came out pretty good in this ranking. Yes, it was um, players or goalkeepers who outperformed the expected goals against, which is a interesting stat, which soccer only introduced, I'd say, two, two to three years ago. They just kind of popped up. Um, and now they... They use these analytics for expected goals, expected goals against, expected assists, blah, blah, blah. Um, and we're taking to all sorts, you know, for a goalkeeper, you know, how difficult was the save, where does a good shot come from, the angle, who, you know, so on and so forth. So, yeah, um, essentially what they did was for all the MLS goalkeepers, they took their expected goals against, how many goals they actually conceded, um, and then figured out the difference. Uh, so number one was Vancouver's goalkeeper, um, Krapel. He was 44 expected goals against, uh, only conceded 31. And then right behind him was uh, Tamelia, who uh, he was expected to have 46.44 goals against, which interestingly more than what Krapel faced. Um, and Tamelia conceded 33. So, you know, when you look at these expected goals against differences, uh, Krupa was 
be a difference from what was expected to what he did. Uh, Kripo was 13.85 and Mealy is 13.44, um, which is very small. And when you consider the drop-off, which the next closest was William Yarbrough for Colorado, who was my goalkeeper of the year pick, um, his expected goals against difference was 9.26. So you know, you're talking about a, a 0.4 difference between the top two and a, a whole 4.22 difference between two and three. Um, so yeah, far and away, you know, it's you can argue what makes a good goalkeeper, what doesn't make a good good goalkeeper, and who wins to who deserves to win awards. But looking at a specific stats, like what Tim Mealy has faced, um, he's he saves Sporting Casey's pikes on a couple of occasions this season. Absolutely, no doubt about it. All right, what is the uh, what's the status of Alan Polito? Uh, he was looking good at practice when I was out there yesterday. And, you know, it's piece of a Mise and he, he always at least remains tight-lipped on his actual lineups. But what it seems to be right now is we, we might be in store for one of the few occasions that we see Polizo, Shallowy, and uh, Russell on the front line altogether. Wow. Yeah, which, you know, it, also Gaddy Kinder obviously came into the playoffs a little bit of a knock, but he was practising. Uh, you know, if you can get Gazi Kingdom behind them as well, that's a that's a hell of a top four, right? And all season, I remember writing. I always do my uh, top ten predictions for Sporting KC uh, season, like a start of the year. And I pretty much said if Alan Polizo doesn't suffer from injuries like he did last year, <laughs> he did. Um, he could be a golden boost contender. Uh, Obviously, Sporting found a new one with Daniel. Uh, but yeah, no, look, that's how highly I think of Polizo. It's just, again, it's injuries, injuries, injuries. So he should be, I, I will be massively surprised if he doesn't at the very least get some minutes. But I, I think he might be in line to start finally. Well, I'd love to see him on the field. I, I, I think he is just one of those very special players, sees the game um, in ways other players don't see the game. I, he's super intelligent and fun to watch and uh, sporting. I, in fact, his availability and his minutes would would influence the way I think about this game. And before I get uh, your thought on this game and how you think it's going to play out, let's, let's spend a minute on on the KC Current, there's some little bit of news, a little bit of publicity news coming from them. Yeah, tell us about that. Yeah, so um, you know, by, by the time this publishes, it would have happened. So hopefully, you would have seen it on Twitter and whatnot. Uh, but on Friday, uh, Friday afternoon, three p.m., uh, they unveiled uh, or the KC Streetcar unveiled a new wrap uh, for the Kansas City Current. Uh, so you know we. Uh, around any major events, obviously, we got the World Cup on recently, and I've seen sports and KC ones in the past in Loyals and whatnot. And yeah, so Kansas City Currents is getting a streetcar wrap. Can't tell you what it looks like right now, because um, <laughs> as we record, it's Wednesday. Um, There'll be plenty of teal as part of it, I'm sure. Plenty of teal, plenty of uh, wave passings or current <laughs> passings, I should say. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it should look really nice. And um, I'll be up there on Friday, you know, covering all of that jazz and taking pictures and whatnot. So by the time this 
podcast releases if you're not seeing a hex my Twitter, and it'll be all over there. There we go. Uh, and one other, just a little piece of uh, house cleaning news before we uh, get your thoughts on the game, specific thoughts. I, I read this because of the, um, the the dates of the World Cup in 2022, the MLS season will, will this time next year, will have been over by about a month. <laughs> um, they're they're, yeah. they're going to start early and end early next year. Yeah, we're, uh, we're starting on February 22nd. Um, and then, yeah, we're finishing early. Um, I'm pulling up the exact dates now. The MLS Cup will be November 5th. November so, 5th. Okay. So, yeah, Decision Day, October 9th, which, you know, obviously we just had Decision Day, well, a week and a half ago. And, yeah, MLS Cup November 5th, and then off we go straight into the World Cup. Uh, so, interesting. I mean, I, I'm not complaining about the early start dates. Gets me back to work earlier. <laughs> That's right. But a shorter off-season for, for the players. And um, I don't know how they feel about that, but I'm sure they – they won't mind the short off season if they've got some hardware to hold up on the on the final day. Exactly, and you know it, it balances out to have a longer off season next year, presumably, unless they're playing in the World Cup, of course. Um, they better be playing in the World Cup. Um, U.S. players, but just the league, yeah, 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 yeah. So, in fact, I'd love to see. I would really like to see the Canada, Mexico, and the U.S. in the uh, in the World Cup. So. All right, uh, Sean, let's get it, uh, break it down for us. And I'll, I'll give you what I think the score will be, but I want to hear uh, I want to hear your breakdown of what, what we can expect on Saturday. Man, an actual, you want an actual scoreline? Yep, I do. <laughs> oh, lordy. All right, I'm going to go with, I'm going to say it's going to be 2-2 in um, 90 minutes. And then Sports and KC will grab an extra time winner being at home. So 3-2 final. And it's going to be Russell. Johnny Russell, he's uh, obviously been on fire. He's a captain. He'll grab one in the extra time, I think. But yeah, as for predictions as a whole for the game, it's going to be a tough game. You know, Vancouver's got some good, good players. You've got a newcomer of the year, Ryan Gold. Um, and obviously you've got other great guys on the field. I mean... Brian White has impressed a bunch so far this season. And um, give that to Home, who's been in this league for a long time. So, dangerous team. Vanny Sartin, he's got them flying. I think we'll grab a couple of, goal, couple of goals, but Sporting will just pull through. I'm going 1 1 through extra time and sporting and, you know, in the penalty kick. So, what's the penalty kick lineup for sporting? What might that be? <laughs> um, I, I'm not allowed to say. Um, because you, <laughs> how about taking a how about taking yeah. a guess? I, I'll take a guess. In uh, uh, I, I think it's pretty clear. I hear regular guys of Johnny Russell, Daniel Shallowy. Right, they have to go one two. I would think Polito, if he's on the field, would be there too. Yeah, um, whether that's your, I don't know what order they go. Obviously, sometimes you want your clutch player to be number five in case it comes down to number five. So right. Maybe Johnny goes five. I don't know if you want to save him at least. Uh, maybe it's Polito five. I don't know. But yeah, I think those are your main three outside of that. Um, I mean, I guess we haven't really got to see many sports in KC. Yeah, that's why I asked. I haven't, I just, there haven't been many of these. 
yeah, and I mean, I, you know, I saw him in practice and penalties at practice, but I was, uh, I, <laughs> I, I tweeted a little, a little something else and got a slap on the wrist from the sports and case PR guy do that. So uh, I'll keep tight lipped, but I think it's a safe assumption to say those top three guys, if we're on the field, they should be taking penalties. Well, for sure. And listen, you don't, you don't have to tell us what you saw. I just like know what you think. And, uh, and, and you just delivered that. So um, I appreciate it. I, to me, I think you put your big guns up at the top and, and, and try to win it early. But um, that's just me. Yeah, especially with uh, Melia and Goal, you, you can usually trust him to save one or two. For so, sure. that's, that's part of the strategy you get a lot of teams to go through race. Most goalkeepers are just average, but if you've got Tim Melia, you don't want to be saving your best one to last, maybe, because you just want to win straight up in three or four penalties. So, yeah, yeah. you make a good point. I am looking forward to the game. I'm looking forward to your coverage, Sean. And thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Always happy to be with That will do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to our production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Pickett. Tip of the cap to Sean Goodwin for stopping by and talking Sporting Kansas City. Links to his stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, let's talk about the Morning Sports Edition. If you're not seeing it, you're really missing out. On KansasCity.com, go to the Stars E-Edition. That's a replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Well, now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open the E-Edition, there's a box in the upper right-hand corner that says All Editions. Click on that and you can access anywhere from 15 to 50 pages of sports. You can also get it through an email, I do, and the link is there by about 6 a.m. every morning. However you get it, you know what I'm talking about. It is complete coverage of the previous day's sports, news, features, statistics, everything. It's fantastic. Hey, thanks for reading The Star and listening to our podcast lineup. You are helping support the best sports coverage in Kansas City, and we couldn't produce programs like Sports Beat KC without you. We'll be back on Monday with another episode breaking down the Chiefs game on Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys.